Welcome to a special episode of the Apple Insider Podcast, where we recap everything Apple talked about at the WWDC keynote, including iOS 16, improvements to iPadOS, and we even got the announcement of the M2 chip and a redesigned MacBook Air. We're going to cover all of it in a moment. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Text Expander and iMazing. You'll hear about them in a moment. The keynote kicked off with Tim Cook walking around Apple Park. Of course, great shots of Apple Park as the video began. There are a number of developers there in person and some media. So there's been some pictures on Twitter and social media of Apple Park. And there was an outdoor stage where it seemed like those attending in person would be watching the keynote presentation. Tim Cook mentioned the new developer center, which there's some pictures online and some rooms that are named after macOS releases. So I'm sure we'll get more details this week on the developer center. Apple jumped into iOS 16 as the first announcement and spent the most time. This is where a lot of the new features were announced. And these features are coming to the other platforms as well, including iPadOS, macOS, and the like. The biggest change to the iPhone is going to be a redesigned lock screen. In iOS 16, when it launches to the public this fall, you'll be able to customize your lock screen with different fonts and even widgets. You'll be able to have widgets right there on your lock screen. You can customize wallpapers and live activities right on the lock screen. Things like sports scores can appear right there on the lock screen. Your Uber ride status can appear there. Workout information and a redesigned now playing and music widget all will be there right on the lock screen. And the lock screen will be customizable using focus modes. So as you change focus modes on your devices, your iPhone lock screen can actually change to a different lock screen with a different wallpaper, different widgets, and a new feature called focus filters. And so if you have a work focus mode, you'll actually be able to see just specific accounts in your mail app or your reminders, to-dos. You can actually customize what you see depending on what focus mode is active. So if you want to be able to look at your email on the weekend but not see your work messages, you'll actually be able to see that with these new focus mode features. Messages is also going to get some great new features. This is across the devices, but you'll be able to edit iMessage conversations. So if you want to edit a specific message, you can do that and the recipient will see that the message has been edited. You can undo send a message, which is an incredible feature. Undo send. Again, this is just iMessage conversations, not SMS. And you can finally mark message threads as unread. So if you've tapped into a message, but you're not ready to respond, you can swipe to mark it as unread. SharePlay is also going to be increasing its reach into FaceTime and messages. So if you're on a FaceTime call and you want it to start SharePlay where you're watching a movie, TV show, or music, you can actually browse the different apps available to you in SharePlay inside a FaceTime call. Or if you're in an app like Disney+, Plus, you can start a SharePlay session through the Messages app where you can start watching a movie together and be messaging someone in iMessage Dictation is also getting some improvements where you can go between the keyboard and voice dictation and the keyboard won't disappear. So if you're going to dictate something via voice, the keyboard will stay on screen and you can go back and forth. You can select some text and then you can replace that with voice dictation. I also saw an updated copy paste menu appear while they were doing that voice dictation feature. Again, we'll have more information on the Friday episode of the Apple Insider Show as we go more in depth on these operating systems. Live text is also getting a lot of updates. You can use live text in video. You can pause a video and live text will actually pull the text right there in the screenshot of the video. You'll have live translation in camera. So you can actually use the translate app, open the camera there and you can point it at a menu that might be in a different language and see the translation live. You won't even have to take a picture of it. You can just see it change. I don't know if some of you remember that third party app word lens. I used to do that years ago. Well, now you can do it right there built in to the Translate app. And they also showed this cool feature where you can actually pull an individual subject from a photo and drag that into like an email or message. So if you see like a person in a photo and you just wanna pull the one person, 
not the entire photo. Kind of like Google's magic pen feature to cut out parts of an image, it seems you'll be able to pull those individual subjects into a message or mail conversation. Wallet is also getting some updates. Apple is trying its best to expand the digital ID feature to more states. Right now it's just in Arizona and Maryland here in America, but Apple is trying to expand it. They're also expanding the ability to share keys, whether that's a home key, a car key, you'll be able to share those keys through mail, messages, even WhatsApp, and they're trying to expand that to other platforms via the industry standard for sharing those keys if other users don't have iPhones yet. Apple Pay got some very interesting updates. Apple actually announced a new feature called Apple Pay Later, which will allow you to make a purchase and pay for it in four equal payments with zero interest. This is much like services you'll see on the internet like Afterpay, pay for something in four installments. Well, it's gonna be built in right into Apple Pay. Your wallet app will also be able to give you details and tracking information on things you've bought with Apple Pay right in the wallet app. And this is interesting as some delivery providers like FedEx here in the States have limited their ability to get tracking information from third-party apps. It looks like Apple is just taking it right into the wallet app. So things you buy with Apple Pay, you'll see that tracking information right in the wallet app on your iPhone. Maps is also getting some updates with multi-stop routing. You can add up to 15 stops on a route and you can even do that on your Mac, set up your trip, and then send that trip to your iPhone with all those stops there. You'll also be able to see transit fares when you do directions including transit and Maps can see if your transit card is has a low balance and you can actually add funds to your transit card right there in the Maps app without even ever leaving. That's pretty cool. And third-party apps will be able to plug in and show you things like the location of e-bikes around your city. You'll be able to use that 3D view and maps and see exactly where those bikes are located. Sports is also getting some new features. Again, those live scores right on the lock screen of your iPhone. And there's gonna be a new section in the Apple News app covering sports specifically, lots of features there. Updates to family sharing and screen time settings are also coming. There's gonna be an easier setup for parents when you're setting up a device for your child. Screen time requests will also appear in messages. This is a huge thing because I get screen time requests all the time from my kids. And if you miss the notification, you have to go to the settings app. Well, those screen time requests will now live in the messages app from your child and you can just approve it right there in messages. That's a huge deal. Also, they announced a family checklist to help you and your family with privacy and security. Big feature Apple announced is iCloud photo library sharing. So you can actually create an entire iCloud shared library, share it with up to five people. You can choose to share all photos starting at a specific date. And you can even choose whether you want a photo you're about to take in the camera app will be shared to your iCloud shared photo library or your personal library. A little option will appear right there at the top and you can choose share with everyone or keep this personal. And then those who are in an iCloud shared photo library will have equal permissions to make changes and edits that someone else makes. Let's say you have a photographer in the family. Those edits will sync across everyone in the iCloud shared photo library. There's also a new safety check feature that Apple is announcing to help users who may need to eliminate access that they've given someone else, maybe to their Find My location. You'll be able to do an emergency reset and eliminate access that other people may have had. You can stop sharing your location immediately, all of that. Updates are coming to the Home app. Apple talked about Matter again, that smart home standard, which has not launched yet. Apple actually talked about Matter at last year's WWDC, but again, it's still not publicly available. We're seeing some devices supporting Matter, but it's not a thing just yet. So as I say on HomeKit Insider, Matter, I'll believe it when I see it. 
but there's some big updates coming to the home app on the iPhone, iPad, and Mac. Totally redesigned. I have to say it looks great from what they showed during the keynote. You can see up to four cameras at a time, even on the iPhone home app. Swipe over to see more cameras. You can see better statuses for your home like climate, doors, and access, and all those will be at the top of the home app. Again, we'll dive in and see this redesigned home app, but it looked great right in the keynote. CarPlay is also getting some huge updates. CarPlay is actually going to be able to form to whatever size screen is in your CarPlay enabled car. And it will have even things like speedometer, fuel gauges and dials, and it will interact with your car. It will connect to your car so it can show miles per hour, kilometers per hour right in the CarPlay interface. So you won't have to leave the CarPlay interface to see things like speedometer and fuel. It will just take over the entire screen in your car. You can also have widgets in the CarPlay interface. And again, it will fit whatever car screen you have. Looked like it was really cool. I don't have a car that supports CarPlay, but those of you out there who do, would love to know how that looks in some of the betas. Apple also mentioned personalized spatial audio where you can use the True Depth camera on your iPhone and it will actually create a personal profile for spatial audio just for you. I'm sure more details will be coming, maybe with some new AirPods Pro coming this fall. We'll see. We still have a ton to cover with watchOS, iPadOS, and we got some hardware announcements. But before we do, I'd like to thank our friends at Text Expander. I have been using Text Expander for years and years and years. Whether it's saving time, just typing my email address, doing some short HTML code snippets. With Text Expander, you can access what you type the most just by doing a few keystrokes. You can work faster and eliminate repetition so you can focus on what matters. Text Expander is great for customer support, sales, recruiting, engineering, operations. You can build and collect your most commonly used emails, phrases, messaging, URLs, like if you want to share your social media handles or YouTube channel, and you can add things like today's date, fill in the blank fields, timestamps, and more to make content feel personalized so you can keep your own identity in every communication you send out. Then you can deploy those snippets wherever you need with just a few keystrokes. And Text Expander is even available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, and iPhone and iPad. They have a third-party keyboard where your snippets can work there too. I actually use it in Bear, my note-taking app. Bear can pull in all your Text Expander snippets. It's that easy. So check out Text Expander. Say goodbye to repetitive typing. Apple Insider listeners get 20% off their first year. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast or click the link in the episode description to learn more. That's textexpander.com slash podcast. A thanks to Text Expander for sponsoring this special WWDC episode. WatchOS 9 had a brief segment. There's some new watch faces coming with WatchOS 9, an update to the astronomy watch face, a new lunar, playtime, and metropolitan watch faces. No third-party watch faces were announced, so that is still not a feature available on Apple Watch. The podcast app on the Apple Watch is getting updated where you can have a discover section and it will be available to kids with Apple Watches set up with that family time set up for Apple Watch. A new share sheet API is going to be available on watchOS so developers can plug into that. There's some new running metrics for those who do running workouts like segments, splits, elevation, and heart rate zones right on the Apple Watch watch face. You can plug those in. It'll even notify you when you need to slow down or change your heart rate zone. And the fitness app is actually going to be coming to all iPhone users. So even if you don't have an Apple Watch, you'll be able to use some of those fitness features with just your iPhone. Sleep tracking is getting some updates, including sleep stages. So you'll be able to show you the different stage sleep throughout the evening. And you can even contribute that sleep stage data to research institutes. Again, this is coming after some of those third-party sleep tracking apps. Nice to see that Apple is offering this information first party. There's also going to be some medication reminders that will be in the Health app and on the Apple Watch. You can actually scan your medication bottle and the Health app will pull that information in automatically. You can get reminders when to take specific medications. And of course, you can share that medication information with trusted family and friends. You'll get notifications also when medications conflict. 
So if you try to add a medication, the health app can look at your current medications that you have. And if there's a known conflict there between medications, you'll actually get a notification for that. So that's pretty interesting. Then before we get to macOS, we actually got Mac hardware announcements, even the M2 chip. Apple went ahead and announced the new M2 chip. Of course, it's faster than the M1, super low power consumption. You actually get 24 gigabytes of unified memory with the M2. So that comes to the new MacBook Air and the 13-inch MacBook Pro, which I'll talk about in a moment. But that's up from the 16 gigabyte unified memory maximum as before, and it supports up to 6K display. So there's some big changes there in addition to the performance improvements. Then Apple announced the brand new redesigned MacBook Air. It looks a lot like the redesigned MacBook Pros. We no longer have that unique tapered design for the MacBook Air. It's actually more of that standard flat look, again, much like the new MacBook Pro. It does get MagSafe charging and two Thunderbolt ports, but it only comes in four colors, silver, space gray, starlight, and midnight. We don't get those various fun colors like blues and pinks and stuff like that that we had thought of before, just those four colors. It does have a green with a notch, so the notches come to the MacBook Air, but no mention of ProMotion. ProMotion is just reserved for the MacBook Pro. It is still a fanless design and actually has a two USB-C port power brick. We saw this rumored and it was announced here with the MacBook Air. It says with a fast charger, you can charge the MacBook Air up to 50% in just 30 minutes. The M2 MacBook Air starts at $1199 with the M1 MacBook Air still living on at $999. Apple also is bringing the M2 chip to the 13-inch MacBook Pro, but it did not get any kind of redesign or changes to the hardware. It's still that older 13-inch body style with the touch bar, so the touch bar is still around, but it gets the M2 chip. That one will start at $1299, $100 more than the M2 MacBook Air. And finally, before we get to the macOS and iPadOS changes, we'd like to thank our friends at iMazing. iMazing is the Swiss army knife of iOS device management for Mac and Windows that delivers unparalleled access to features and capabilities that Apple's built-in software doesn't provide. It's the most powerful local backup solution for iPhone and iPad, including support for time machine-like snapshots and automatic backups over Wi-Fi. You might be installing that iOS 16 beta on one of your devices. Well, it is strongly advised to have a local backup of your iOS 15 version of your device, and you can use iMazing for that. You can move physical files from your iPad or iPhone to your Mac or Windows computer. You can browse and export your iPhone iMessage conversations or WhatsApp to PDF, Excel, or plain text for safekeeping or compliance purposes. And they have advanced tools for developers like extracting log files, browse and open system files and app sandboxes. I've personally used iMazing a ton, especially when trying to help friends and family members with older iOS devices, older iPads or iPhones. It's one of the few ways I've found to really get in there and get files off devices that people care about when they're not syncing with modern Macs. So iMazing is an incredible tool. Try it for free, and then you get a special discount when you visit the link in the episode description. You can go to iMazing.com, but to let them know that you came from the Apple Insider Show, click that link in the episode description. You get 30% off for one month, 30% off your purchase of iMazing until July 6th. Our thanks to iMazing for sponsoring this episode. Craig Federighi now brought us to macOS, where the crack marketing team has named the new version macOS Ventura. I don't know if you had that on your bingo card, but macOS Ventura is the new macOS name. A new feature coming to Mac is called Stage Manager. The new Stage Manager feature will allow you better window management, where it will group app windows off to the left-hand side of your screen. You can group windows together of different apps. Let's say you're using Maps, Notes, and a Safari window to plan a trip. Well, those three windows can be grouped together and then put off to the left side when you're not using them. So a better way to use window management. Some improvements to Spotlight as well. And Apple is actually bringing Spotlight to the home screen for the iPhone. 
where those dots are toward the bottom where you used to manage your home screens, you'll actually now be able to trigger Spotlight from there. Mail is getting a lot of improvements from macOS, and these features will come across all the devices, but you'll be able to undo send temporarily, scheduled send, which is nice, remind me, which is like a snooze feature for messages, and improved search in the stock mail app. Welcome features there. Safari is getting some improvements, including shared tab groups. So you can create a tab group and then collaborate on that tab group with others. You can actually see who's viewing that tab group even. So nice collaboration features there. And Apple is really pushing into this pass key feature. So they're gonna allow you to create pass keys for websites and apps using Touch ID, Face ID with your physical device and not create a password. You can still create logins with emails and passwords, of course, but websites and apps that allow this use, you'll be able to create a passkey that is tied to a device with that biometric authentication. And this will even work with non-Apple devices where you can scan a QR code with your approved passkey device like your iPhone. Apple mentioned gaming updates, including a new metal effect upscaling and improved game loading in Metal 3 and new continuity features. This was really cool. You'll be able to FaceTime handoff. So if you have a FaceTime call on your iPhone, you get back home, you sit at your desk, you'll be able to hand that FaceTime call off to your Mac. You're not locked to that one device anymore and vice versa. And this was really cool. You'll actually be able to use your iPhone as a webcam right with the built-in continuity features. You won't need a third-party app for that anymore. You can just use your iPhones, the rear camera facing you, use it as a webcam, no setup or connection even necessary. You don't even have to wake the screen of your iPhone. It'll just recognize it whether you're on a FaceTime call, you can use portrait and center stage features with that iPhone camera, studio light where it'll lighten your face, darken the background. And one of the craziest features is something they're calling desk view, where it will use the ultra wide camera on your iPhone to create a top down shot of your desk using the iPhone cameras. You don't even have to move the camera, reposition it or anything. It'll just show a top down view using that ultra wide camera. Really cool feature there. And the final software platform Apple talked about was iPadOS. iPad is finally getting its own weather app, which is really nice. New collaboration features, not only in the iWork suite, but there will be an API available for developers to be able to build collaboration in, in their apps. So you can even start a FaceTime call with a group you're collaborating with. And they announced a new app. This is just a sneak peek, but it's called the Freeform app. This will be an app coming to Apple devices that will allow collaboration that includes drawing, putting in multiple different and document formats into a single whiteboard style, expanding mind mapping type app. You're able to draw with your Apple Pencil, put links. It'll be really great for collaboration. So that's the new Freeform app that Apple gave a sneak peek. No announcement when that app would be coming. Improvements to Game Center where you can see activity. And Apple did say that desktop class app features are coming to the iPad. They actually showed off external display support, which will use some of that stage manager features that we got on the Mac will be available on the iPad. So we'll be able to use multiple windows, multiple app windows together using that stage manager feature on iPad. Now, finally, for the first time, proper external display support. So when you connect your M1 iPad, Apple did say this was M1 only. When you connect your M1 iPad to an external display, It'll use the full width of the display. You'll be able to use different scaling options with the iPad, and you'll be able to move windows back and forth using that stage manager feature. Apple also showed a long list of improvements to built-in apps and APIs available for developers. So it remains to be seen. We're gonna have to dive in and see what other changes are available to developers for these desktop class apps. And that was the event. We did not get a new Mac Pro. TVOS was not really mentioned. No mention of HomeOS that was rumored. So we're gonna have to wait probably later this year, possibly the fall, 
for that Apple Silicon Mac Pro. But a big event, lots of changes to iOS 16, welcome changes to the lock screen and messages, and iPadOS has some promising changes. We'll have to dive into the betas and see. Tune into Friday's Apple Insider Podcast where we'll go more in-depth on some of the changes. And of course, all this week, we're going to be covering what's going on at WWDC on AppleInsider.com. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to drop a five-star rating and review an Apple Podcast if you enjoy the show. And you can support the show and get an ad-free version in Apple Podcasts or at Patreon.com slash AppleInsider. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.